On today's Locked On Texans podcast, guess who's Bizak B. Scott of the B Block Podcast and Sports Radio 610 joins the show. We'll be diving to the YouTube comments. It's been a fun week. Let's have some more fun. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to this Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We made it to the weekend, Mm. and if this is your first time watching or listening to the Locked On Texans podcast, please come back. Please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you are one of our returning listeners coming back, lending your ear for another Friday, guess what, guys? We thank you. We love you. And make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend to phone a friend that they also listen and watch the Locked On Texans podcast. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman. On the other side of the screen, Cody Davis, who is also Texans Credential Media member and Sports Illustrated's own. We will be talking about taking care of home players first. My mom would always say you can't go outside unless your house is straight. So hmm. we'll be talking about that. We get Big Scott from the B-Block Podcast back and look at his free agency outlook and what he views as acceptable or the right way to go. We open up today's show. Diving into the YouTube comments and guys, the first YouTube comment I would like to address, and it's actually comments all together, is centered around King and Green. Mm. So at Filling Stats, make sure you guys do me a favor if you can go subscribe to the Filling Stats podcast. Uh, Some friends of mine they commented and said. The recent picture of Kenyon Green, he looks in shape. We also got to look at another comment. Kenyon Green ain't going anywhere, hmm. but someone on this staff has to fix this O-line. It's Casario's job to give coaches the peach pieces. It's the coach's job to coach. Also from Southside, Zach713, Kenyon Green done and officially a bust. Uh, and another one, 281 H-Town. Kenyon Green at this point is just depth on the offensive line. They mm. drafted him in the first round for a reason. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's eager to play football and is in that weight room, repping it up. This kid has potential, just had a had bad breaks. He's only going to be, to your point, 23 years old going into this season. Texans definitely got to give him a shot. As far as OT, we'll get into the rest of that. But there seems to be mixed emotions hmm. on King and Green right now. Some people are, he's looking better, uh, got to give him a shot. Some people are like, move on from him, it's done, it's over. A lot of people were impressed with the jobs that Jared Patterson and Juice Scruggs did this past season as rookies. Cody, your thoughts on King and Green? I know we talked about it yesterday, but hmm. the question was, is King and Green done? I said no. Um, Fans, why are we so quick to give up on a guy who hasn't seen his third year yet? I mean, that that makes sense. And look, 
I'm glad that you started this segment off reading those comments about Kenyon Green because that is the reality of the situation for this young man. Everything that you said from he's looking good in the picture that he posted a couple weeks ago to give him another shot to people calling him a bust. Like, that's the reality of the situation when you look at Kenyon Green. And, John, that's why I wanted to have that discussion with you on yesterday because it's like even if everything goes right, he comes back in shape and he gets an opportunity, how much will that be a realistic opportunity knowing that, look, if the 2024 season was to start tomorrow, I'm expecting Juice Scruggs and Jerry Patterson to be your center and your left guard. And I, I remember I saw a comment earlier today where somebody said that Juice Scrub was drafted to be this team center. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. I agree with it because that is a fact. He was brought in as a center. However, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, he looked pretty solid at left guard and you cannot take away how good Jerry Patterson looked in the eight to nine games he played before he went down with that broken ankle injury. And as good as Jerry Patterson looked, you have to give him an opportunity to fight for his starting job as well. So I say all that just to say, when you look at the, the, the potential five guys that might be starting, if the regular season was to start tomorrow, then you know, Nick Asurio is going to add a couple veterans in, maybe a swing tackle here or somebody that's, that can actually back up, Shaq Mason, uh, uh, Juice Scrubs, or whoever the case might be. I just don't see a situation where Kenyon Green would have an opportunity to come back, forget being a starter, just being on this team for depth purposes. Now, maybe I might be looking too much into it. And I'm hoping and praying for this young man's success. However, it's just hard for me to look at here and say that he's going to make an impact, especially considering that, John, I know you hate to hear this, but he is still trying to find his niche in this league. And now he's, what, two years behind? That is not a recipe for – that is not a recipe for success, if you ask me. He is looking uh, a lot healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with the shite. I'm with the shite. This is a YouTube name. This offseason focus on building a championship defense. You don't have to break the bank to do it. Everything glitter, Chris Jones, Matabuke, Barkley, ain't gold. Grenard, Kinlaw, Gibson is what he seems to be leaning towards. And those players would be, I think, extremely uh, cheaper than the Chris Jones, Matabuke, and, and Barkley. That trio. Definitely, Chris Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do want to say this. I am not a fan of bringing in Antonio Gibson. Really? There is a yeah. If there is a, I think Antonio Gibson got a, a, a bad shake in Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. That coaching staff immediately tried to give the keys over to Brian Robinson, and Brian Robinson to me hadn't proved to be good enough to take over as that team started running back. They also didn't have a great offensive line in Washington, so keep in mind, keep that in mind, but. I would look at bringing in DeAndre Swift over Gibson. And I, I would look at, again, retaining Devin Singletary. I think Gibson, who has some success as a zone runner. And by the way, guys, power gap and zone run. I think people are starting to look too much into that because in this NFL, your, your running back is going to participate in both schemes. Hmm. This ain't college. This ain't high school. 
they're going to have to participate and be effective. Well, at least get opportunity to be a zone runner compared to uh, gap runner, power runner. But I would prefer DeAndre Swift over Antonio Gibson. Uh, I can see that, but I think I would take Antonio Gibson. Um, first and foremost, if you bring him in, he's definitely going to take the helm as running back number two. And he's a return specialist as well. He could play some special teams. And you know that this organization, especially with Frank Ross, is going to wh- – wh- whichever players that they bring in, they're going to make sure, especially somebody like Gibson, they're going to make sure that they can also boost their special team unit as well. With a signing like that, I think you get a two-for-one, a solid RB2, depending on what, what, what goes on with the Saquon Barkley and the Devin Singletary and all that other good stuff. But you also get somebody who has been very good in the kick return game for – how long he's been in the league now? Since I don't know, he's five a veteran. <laughs> five seasons, and, and, and every single one of those five seasons, he has been solid in the kick return game, and that's something that the Houston Texans will definitely be trying to look into as well. Last one, Texas boy, ninety three forty three. When we talked about what ways can CJ Stroud improve, um, CJ needs to run the ball more. In open field, I 100% agree with you there. Mm, uh, Texas that is board. a good one, and, and that's something that I think went over my mind when I talked about taking what the defense gives you and, and not necessarily retreating back so much and mm-hmm. you know taking on those sacks and everything. There's been times this year where five yards is better than nothing, three yards is better than nothing, and, and CJ has, I think, uh, sneaky speed. You know, you can get him out of one of those running lanes. He can pick up a first down. He's done it before this year. So I agree with that. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things to the edge a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Nissan's incredible lineup includes... The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room for up to eight people, an expensive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Road Pathfinder or Nissan Armana and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. I know it's been a minute, but we got our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. B. Scott, let's jump right into it, man. Next week is the NFL Combine. Maybe a week or two after that, it's the start of free agency. And I don't know about you, but for the very first time since I've been covering this team, Free agency might be a little bit more important than the draft. So, B. Scott, right off the bat, man, what is your overall outlook as of now in free agency before we start diving into combine and the draft talk? Yeah, man, my overall thought about free agency is that they got to come out of here with at least one high-dollar item, one Mm. big-ticket item, and we can debate and discuss go back and forth on who that player should be, whether that high-dollar item is actually a player that was already on the team and it's a matter of bringing that guy back. I think most people feel like it's not that. Like, it's also 
whatever it is that you bring back, it's also going outside and bringing somebody else in. Uh, one of these high-priced free agents that's on the market, one of the ones that you would have never been in a conversation for prior to. But that's my outlook on it is that you've got to come away with at least one of these type of impact players that changes the outlook of your season just by signing that player, whether that be on the offensive side of the ball, which is where I prefer, or on the defensive side of the ball. You need another game changer outside of something that you can or somebody that you can just draft and develop. You need to go get that proven guy, not only because you've got the money, but you've got the opportunity knowing where your team is now and knowing how things are kind of structured with some of your key players still being on their rookie deals like C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and Derek Stingley Jr. Hey, man, listen, that sounds good. That sounds fine. But if you were in that front office, if, if Nick called you up, Nick Casario called you up and said, hey, Brandon, uh, I want to know who you think I should target. We got a bulk of money. Mm. Who should we go get? On the offensive side and on the defensive side, who are your top two guys? Yeah, so my top – I'll start with the defensive side just because the offensive side is the one that I like to talk about most, so I want to go ahead and get the defensive side out of the way. If there's any way that Matt BK is available or if the Ravens are somehow are letting him go, letting him out the door, first of all, I really want to know why. Like, I'd like to know the story as to why they're not trying to keep a 26-year-old 20, defensive tackle who is capable of getting you double digit sacks from the interior. Like, why wouldn't you want to be keeping that guy? You're the Ravens. He seems like a Ravens kind of player, but I would also welcome him in a Texans uniform. And certainly if I'm Nick Casario, that's the type of player that I feel like can upgrade that defensive front. We all know how D'Amico Ryan's talks about his defense, everything starting up front, it, it everything, it, the front means everything, right? Whatever you can generate mm -hmm. from the front is uh, is the basis of the off or of the defense. So, I would say Justin Matabike. I'm also interested in uh, in Christian Wilkins from uh, from from the Miami Dolphins. I think that would be a, a an interesting look for them. So we know the defensive tackle is a position that they got to address, right? So so mm -hmm. to me, that's a, the utmost priority. I think. On the offensive side, I don't know how controversial it really is or should be. It seems very clear that if Saquon Barkley is on the market, they should be after Saquon Barkley. Like I, I, I get the, I get the pushback in terms of, hey, his availability. He's had health issues at various points. I, I get it, and, and even just the idea of paying a running back on his second contract. I've talked before about not necessarily being a big fan of that idea. But I feel like Saquon Barkley, just the skill set and what he offers you, especially if he's right, obviously if he's right, is just different. It's a different dynamic. I don't think it's quite Christian McCaffrey, but I do think it's, it is made out of that mold, built out of that mold. And I think that that's one of those types of players that if you sign this guy, it changes completely the way that your it's not just your offense, but your entire football team looks because of what how dynamic he can be for your offense. So I would say on the defensive side – it's just a matter of BK. That would be the one that I'm prioritizing on the offensive side. It would be Saquon Barkley. But I would make this as my overall point, though. They should be courting everybody, you know, because you can't you can't sign everybody. Every, you, know, you can't sign everybody and everybody can't sign here. Good point. Good point. But I, I think that they should just be courting everybody and see where the chips fall. Like at the very least. Maybe at the end of courting, you realize, hey, it's not going to work out. You want more money than 
we're willing to pay or maybe it's not a good fit, whatever the case may be. But there should be an initial conversation with all of our favorite names. Anybody that we come up with, they should at least be talking about it and flirting with that with that player. Big Scott, um, since we're talking about free agency, I want to get your take on the wide receiving core because I think we can all agree. If we go back to the start of training camp, start of the 2023 season, we was like, oh, the wide receiving core might be the weakest position group. <laughs> and here we are now, the emergence of Nico, the emergence of Tank Dale. There is a lot of people are a little bit conflicted about whether or not they should go after Mike Evans or what do you feel on that standpoint? Do you feel like the Houston Texans should um, pay a high volume wide receiver or do you think they should go the other route and just look at signing somebody that could come in and be this team's, you know, number three wide receiver, be the wide receiver that we thought we was getting out of Noah Brown and Robert Woods last year? Yeah, I think they should be aggressive. And that doesn't mean that when, like I was saying before, when they come down to the end of the discussion, that doesn't mean that they're going to agree on the number with Mike Evans. That doesn't mean that they're going to bring in Mike Evans, but they should be exploring what does it take? What will it take to get Mike Evans here? If Mm -hmm. the dollar amount is too much, if it doesn't make sense, if it conflicts with what their long-term plans are for the guys that they think that they might want to pay in the future, hey, I get that. I understand it if you don't do it but you at least have to open the door and be giving yourself reasons to say yes. Don't just do this thing. And and I think we as fans do this because we feel like you just got to have fans and media pundits, whoever feel like you got to have an opinion, opinion, but I hope the front office is trying to find ways to where they could make it work to where they could say, yes, Hey, how could we find a way to pay Mike Evans and, and kick the can down the road on whether we pay Nico Collins and tank Dell further into their career, you know, two years down the line after we expect Mike Evans to be washed by then, if that's, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, it, if it's going to align with our timeline, like to me, you've got to do the work. It, it might turn out that you can't do it. And I, I think that's fine, but should they be in the market? Should they be interested? Man, absolutely. One thing that I don't want to happen is to fall in love with the players that are on the team so much to the point where, we are risk averse and don't want to upgrade the roster just because we think so highly of a particular player. Like I, 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 I sensed this last year with Damian Pierce and I understood it because Damian had such a good year. And I think we all believed in Damian Pierce to a degree, to a certain level. Now, how much I think it, I think it did vary, but everybody took what Damian Pierce did in his rookie season and said, Hey man, you got a, you got a running back right there. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out in the second season, you know, under a, a new scheme, you know, different circumstance here. Our offense changed a little bit and it wasn't quite what we thought it was like. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, that there's going to be that type of fall off from either Nico Collins or Tank Dell. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think so. But I do think we should be cautious of over romanticizing what a player is to the point where we're not willing to upgrade the position overall. Like, it's fine to say that Nico Collins and Tank Dell were your top two receivers on this football team. Why can't it be that one of those two guys be your third best receiver on the 2024 football team and Mike Evans be in that conversation as one of the top two guys, right? Like, that's just upgrading your football team. You should be wanting to do that. So, so yeah, no, I think they should be in that conversation. 
I don't know exactly what the figures are exactly if it could work, if you could just pay him a bunch of guaranteed money up front and say, hey, let's go win the Super Bowl in the next two years. You know, and then that third year is voidable, third, fourth year avoidable. You kick the can down the road. There are ways to get creative with that type of stuff. But you should absolutely be trying to upgrade this football team. Really quick before we move on, and I'm not going to call this pushback, but just to, uh, I guess, have a rebuttal to that. For 2024, why can't Nico and Tank still be your number one and number two, but Noah Brown, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Xavier Hutchinson are no longer your number three, number four, because I think that it could be beneficial for Houston to not sink a lot of money into Mike Evans for a couple of years but up still be able to still be still be able to upgrade their wide receiver room by bringing in more talent. I don't think the Houston Texans have ever had a real wide receiver three. For the most part, they've never had a real wide receiver two in the franchise history. I think they have that now, and they can still upgrade this this roster by making you know changes at the bottom compared to bringing in and making changes at the top. Yeah, because I think there's a little a level of certainty that Mike Evans provides you that a draft pick just cannot, especially one that's picked in the later later on in the round. And really, just nobody in the draft can provide you the level of certainty that a trio of Mike Evans, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell can provide you. You're still rolling the dice. And I would also add on top of that that I and this is not to both sides it you know to to, to wiggle my way out of the question, but I think you can have it both ways. Like part of the cap space is signing free agents. The other part of the cap space is, hey, we got these rookies that's going to slot under these pretty standard slots anyway. This this pool of money that's going to go to our rookies. You can still dress like imagine that. <laughs> imagine if one of those guys is your third receiver and then your fourth receiver is somebody that you drafted. And then Mike Evans is not here for the long haul. Like, I think you can stack talent in multiple ways. That's the beauty of the offseason of this particular offseason to me is that you do have money at your disposal and you've still got those draft picks. Like, like I, I do think you can have it both ways. And you can make the decision, hey, we're not going to prioritize this money on Mike Evans. Maybe the money we were going to give Mike Evans, we're going to give Christian Wilkins. You know, maybe or maybe we're going to give it to, to, to Matt Abike or, or maybe we're going to give it to Daniel Hunter. You know, maybe we're going to really focus in on, on on building up this defense and we trust what we got over on the offensive side already to, to to just ride with that. Now, the question to me still is, what are you doing at running back? Like you need you need weapons one way or the other, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's Saquon, whether it's Josh Jacobs, whether you like Austin Eckler, whether you like Derrick Henry. Like I don't and we can we can all disagree on it, but you got to do something to me. It is not going to be good enough to just say, hey, we're going to replenish this talent in the draft. Nah, man, you got you got too much money at, at your disposal and too good of an opportunity in front of you to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it necessarily needs to come by the draft. I think you should address the wide receiver group in the draft. Also running back, but I do think there are some very good free agents. I like Curtis Samuel. Uh, when you look at who's an upgrade, who can you upgrade from, you know, Robert Woods. I think K.J. Osborne and Curtis Samuel are immediately better talents at this point of his career than Robert Woods and, and uh, Noah Brown. And with the running back situation, you got some guys in the draft. You got some guys in free agency that may not cost that same amount ticket-wise as uh, – 
maybe a Saquon, maybe a Mike Evans, and you can use that money for a Matabuke that with your defensive head coach uh, may, may make some more sense. Before we get up out of here today, we, we got to talk about taking care of home first. The players that are already in the building, that's going to be fun with Big Scott, so don't go nowhere. But first, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all just need that opportunity to get things off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So today, I want us to all take a moment and second to really get off what's on our chest, get that off of our chest. We may be even thinking the same thing. I know for me, you guys have heard me say it over and over again. Uh, Jalen Brown, actually Jalen Brown and Jalen Green, I've just been really pissed off with the Jalens in the NBA, whether it's a dunk contest or the NBA All-Star or just rotations and inconsistencies here in Houston with Jalen Green. But hopefully with the second half of the season, I won't have to get that off of my chest anymore. Uh, but therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. It's important to get those things off of our chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suitable to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com to get 10% off your first month. Visit now. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. Of course, you know the guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, uh, we have talked a lot about players who are currently on different teams as of this moment. However, the Houston Texans do have 25 players who are set to hit the open market in March. When you take a look at the 25 players who are currently set to hit free agency, are there anybody, and I'm kind of afraid to ask you this question after your statement in the last segment, but is there anybody or a couple of players you would like to see the Houston Texans retain for this upcoming season? Yeah, man, it's a few. I, I'd like to see him be able to retain Blake Cashman. I don't feel great about them being able to do that. Um, I, I I wouldn't mind them actually keeping Jonathan Grenard, paying Jonathan Grenard in some form or fashion. I just feel like he might be he might have outpriced himself of being here. But listen, my whole thing between Jonathan Grenard and Dalton Schultz in particular, okay, mm-hmm. those are guys that you can let walk away if you want to. But mm. I need you, I need mm. you to explain to me if you're gonna do it. I need you to explain to me who's gonna replace him. What's your plan? Mm-hmm. I need to know it. You know, like if you don't want to keep those guys around, all right, I can live with that. But you need a damn good plan for me and how you're going to replace the best tight end production that you've gotten in years. And I wasn't necessarily the biggest Dalton Schultz fan, but I'll be damned if I lie and say he wasn't the best tight end that I've seen in, in a Texans uniform in years and miles ahead better uh, of anybody else that they've got at that position or or project to have at that position, unless you think that Brock Bowers is going to fall to you in the draft. And I don't, I don't really love the idea of, of drafting him in the first round. So, so like, really, I'd just much rather keep Dalton Schultz at the price that it, that it would take to keep him. And then it's a, it's a similar thing with Jonathan Grenard, who is a little bit undersized, but does all of the things that you would want somebody bigger than him to do. 
you know, mm-hmm. like like plays a little bit bigger than what his size is. Um, is strong, is quick, uh, committed to the run game. Obviously, a dynamic pass rusher has shown himself to be able to do that when he's healthy. This was his first, I guess, really real healthy year or his best healthy year that he's had this past year. That would be the biggest concern, more so than like size or anything about his actual game. It would be the health concern would be my whole thing about whether to pay him. But if you're not going to pay one of those guys, those would be my top priorities with Blake Cashman, a, a, a close third. And I don't, I don't feel like they're going to be able to keep him, but if they're not going to keep those other guys, I can figure out or, or see them replacing Blake Cashman, either from within or signing somebody, whatever the case may be. But I don't have the end. And of course, D'Amico Ryans is the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. The linebacker coach slash former all pro linebacker D'Amico Ryans. I ain't worried about that. But what are you going to do about the the loss of Jonathan Grenard if you don't pay him? What are you going to do about the loss of Dalton Schultz if you let him walk? I don't have a great answer. And if you don't have a great answer, you need to pay them dudes. You know, <laughs> uh, of the guys that are uh, right now currently Texans, you didn't mention Steven Nelson, who's going to be uh, what, 31, 32 at the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, but if you remove him from the mix, all you have is Derek Singley that you can really just say we like a lot from, you know, cornerbacks from last season. You don't have slot corners either. Not to interrupt you, John. Your your slot corners are gone too. No Desmond King. Yeah, Desmond Uh, King. Tavier. Tavier, was he on a one or two year? Yeah, he's one of those 25 players as well. So, (laughs) look at, like, I think when we we look at the amount of money Houston has a free agency, it's a lot. Like, I think the fourth best, in free agency, it's like, wow, we can go out there and sign a lot of guys, but you got a lot of guys to replace. And that cornerback group, which is why we haven't necessarily had a chance to talk, but I've been real adamant on taking the best cornerback available at 23. That you, if, you know, I like Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, but that is probably the group that if you do not re-sign Nelson, if you, you know, don't reach out and get a deal done with Desmond King, who was a release cut candidate at camp and then you brought him mm. back so how's their relationship Tavier? what do you do there are there any of those guys that you say for at least insurance purposes we need to bring them back yeah and see i'm glad you mentioned that john because this this almost reinforces my mike evans point and i i get it it feels like you're playing video games or like you're just shopping with the credit card shopping with somebody else's credit card or whatever it is but man, like you raise a great point about losing your corners. Everybody basically except Derek Stingley. What are you going to do about that? Man, if you end up going corner in the first round, that means you're passing up on some of my wish list of cats that you could get at receiver that might be available on the back end of the first round, right? So that's making the case for it. Maybe, and maybe there's still the answer is a Curtis Samuel, uh, a, a, a secondary, like a supplemental signing to what you already have in Nico and and Tank. But I'm I'm trying to elevate, man. I'm trying to elevate this offense. And if you're telling me you're not going to even do it with one of these, with one of the better wide receivers in the draft, we already know Adunze and, and Marvin Harrison and neighbors and guys like that are going to already be gone. You're not going to do it with one of those guys either. So now we're talking about getting, I know it's a deep wide receiver draft. I, I understand that. But if you're going to go corner in the first round, Man, I, I need you to really be focused with the money that you got to spend and adding some weapons. Because I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Like it, the one thing I, that, I think that, that depending we can't on is the need because because they got so many holes to fill right now. 
I think depending on how they approach free agency, we'll see them approach the draft differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the rookie quarterback that just had one of the best, if not the best rookie quarterback seasons in C.J. Stroud, the last thing you want to do is not invest in him, right, in terms of getting him weapons. Because he was out there doing it with guys, and it's kind of like, we know you ain't going to be here next year. We know you're not going to be here next year. There's even talk of whether or not Mechie and Hutchinson will be here next year. So they will invest in that position. I just think in today's league, you need corners and you need very good corners. And if right now, if the season started, all you got is Derek Stingley as your premier guy, you're going to be in some trouble in this passing league. And they have a hell of a schedule next year. Um, but we need you back. We need you back. We need you back. Draft process, uh, uh, free agency process. We need you back. This is Brandon K. Scott of the B Block Podcast. Make sure y'all listen to that on all of your podcasting platforms and Sports Radio 16. Uh, B. Scott, before you leave, any wise words to leave our listeners and us, of course? Man, I, I would just say em, embrace the moment. Embrace the moment. I can appreciate everybody that wants to be wise and doesn't want to start like fantasizing about things that are not realistic, but there are creative ways to build a football team Hmm. and you've actually got a real football team. Like we were, we were watching before the creative ways to build kind of like just a, really a slap fest of a football team before peace. (laughs) But you got some key foundational pieces between your head coach, quarterback, your, your, your edge rusher. You got a a cornerback that at the very least looks like he could, you know, be one of the better, you know, top three cornerbacks in the league, maybe even better than that. Like you got some foundational pieces. You got a lot of a football team to build here. So you do need to be smart, but dream big, dream big in free agency, dream big in the draft and dream big about the possibilities for this 2024 Houston Texans football team. Mm. Oh, that's a... Mm. Hold on. We talk about wise words. You know what you just made me do? What's that? What we got here? Those are some wise words, and I just want to say... <laughs> Thank you. We're going to pass the collection plate around now. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Peace.